You're listening to Walk It Out with Trisha Goyer, where we discover what it looks like to follow God and be swept away on the journey of a lifetime. Author of over 70 books, mom of 10, yes, 10, homeschooler and speaker, Trisha Goyer will explore what radical obedience to God's word looks like. It's time to hear from God lovers who've dared to say yes. Listen in to heart-to-heart chats and learn how others overcame doubts and fears. Discover how God used ordinary people to impact others one step at a time. If you're ready to get radical, get going, and make a difference in this world, you're at the right place. Here's your host, prolific writer, world traveler, people lover, and mega nap taker, Trisha Goyer. I am excited about this conversation on Walk It Out today because we're going to be talking about a book called Jesus Over Everything. I've been reading it, loving it. So excited to talk with my friend Lisa, but let me tell you a little bit about her if you're not familiar. Um, Lisa is the daughter of a pastor, and so her longest community has been with the church, which I'm like right there. That's, there's a lot of stuff going on right there. But her love <laughs> runs deep to see people pursue Jesus for life, grow deep roots of faith, and walk strong in the midst of a world that so o- so often seems to have gone crazy. She's the author of seven books, and this is her new one, Jesus Over Everything. So welcome, Lisa. Oh, thanks, Trisha. I, I, I'm a little intimidated being on your show with all of your books that you've written. So uh, thanks for having me on. Yeah, it's yeah, good. I, I love uh, connecting with you. I follow you. I know on Instagram and stuff. It's always fun. Like when you feel like you're hanging out with people, then you actually get to like talk to them. Yes, <laughs> so. yes. You're my friend from way back. We've gone way back. So yeah, yeah. I, I love any chance I can to talk to you. Oh, it's so fun. For those who may not be um, familiar with you, just tell us a little bit just about yourself and your family. Okay. Yeah, I've been married for 24 years. I can't believe I'm saying that, but that is, boy, that's by the grace of God. Um, I love my husband. He's amazing and really my true partner in life. And we have three kids and we're in a different season with the kids because we are now parenting adults, which is weird. Um, so we've gone to the consultant role uh, in that sense. Uh, we have three. We have a 22-year-old, a 19-year-old, and all a 17-year-old. So we do still have one in high school, two in college. So yeah, we, that is life. And it's still really full and busy and lots going on, you know, speaking, writing. And then um, I have a, a ministry called Ministry Strong, where I really pour into to leaders. Um, and then I do something called Called Creatives, which is also a, um, it's a coaching community for those who want to write and speak. And oh, so just awesome. lots going on. Yeah. Yep. We'll make sure and get all the links to that in the show notes. Um, that'll be awesome because I know a lot of people will be interested in that. But so, okay, something that's so funny when you talk about parenting um, adults and young adults. I was like a couple of years ago, I think it was maybe after your first one went away to college. You're like, I have not even heard from this child for a week. And I think someone <laughs> sent you a photo. You're like, he's alive. And I just remember <laughs> that feeling when I mean, we're used to parenting. We know what they eat. Their clothes are washed. Like yeah. they made it to class. And then all of a sudden they're like out of the house and we, we don't know. Are they eating? Are they getting mm. any sleep? I remember, okay, this is funny. My son went on his honeymoon. He got married young. He was like 21. And I like called to check on them on the, <laughs> on the honeymoon to make sure they made it safely. They were driving from Montana to Disneyland. I'm like, just check in to make sure you made it safely. He's like, mom, I'm on my honeymoon. It's like, <laughs> but it's like, there are kids still. So it is yeah. a difference going from being the mom 
that is in charge and kind of making sure. And then, like you said, being a consultant. It is. Oh, gosh, I feel that, Trisha, so much. And it's so weird you're saying this because I had a conversation with my girlfriend last night who her son just went away to his freshman year of college. And she was talking about just how she's feeling and all all these things and these anxieties she's feeling and just various things going on with him. And I said, I'm telling you, it is the weirdest like breaking of your control issues as a mom, like you, you, you realize earlier that you have them and you know, you, it's just one of those things that when they go off to college, they're physically not in your home. Maybe if they go off to college, um, they're physically not in your home. And for the first time, you don't realize what they're doing all the time, what they're eating, what they're, you know, you're all of a sudden you're like, Oh, I just feel out of sorts. And so, yeah, it's a weird phenomenon for sure. It is so much. And, uh, yeah, it's crazy having all these stages of life. You know, we just get overwhelmed with one stage and we kind of figure that out and then we Absolutely. move on yep. to a new stage, yep. which is so much about our, our spiritual life too. It's like, okay, here's the focus of one thing. And then God's like, all right, let's talk about this. And that's yep. really what I was loving about the book is, um, you know, Jesus over everything. And you talk about the first chapter, the land of deadly overs. And I, I think it's so much like, um, you know, I remember just being a new Christian. It's like, okay, I will not cuss anymore. Or like the different (laughs) things we think are the rules that we have to do. And the more we get into it, it's just like, okay, this is so much more than I thought. God wants all of us. He does. Jesus wants to be over everything. And um, in the chapters, I just want to read through this real quick because I'm going to, I want us to zero in, especially on one chapter, but there's so much stuff. But um, so real over pretty love over judgment holiness over freedom, service over spotlight, study over hype, honesty over hiding, wisdom over knowledge, commitment over mood. Um, I'm, each one of these really could be its own book because there's yeah. so much in there. So what made you um, have this be the book that you wanted to write next? Mm-mm. Great question. You know, I, I will tell you that all of those things that you just mentioned, those all of those chapters the Lord really gave me those things in about two minutes. Uh, I was in my kitchen and I was, I, I think I was, I don't even remember. I don't know if I was praying. I don't know if I was just sort of in a mode of, um, you know, meditating on the Lord, just thinking about him, but he really dropped those into my brain. Um, and I just put, I dropped them into my notes, which is what I do when the Lord, you know, kind of gives me things. And I had no, <clears throat> excuse me, I had no thought that that was going to be a book. I wasn't thinking in those terms whatsoever. I was just thinking these are things that I need to pay attention to um, in my own life. And so for me, this is like a, uh, if I look back in my life, this kind of Jesus over everything lifestyle is my own journey of um, surrender. It's my own journey of like, how is my life going to work the best? It's my, if I, if I really think about it, it's my own uh, process of trying to take matters into my own hands of simplifying a complicated life Um, maybe not more complicated than anyone else, but I certainly think if anyone lives in this day and time, their life is complicated in some way. And so it's my, been my attempts, my human attempts, my futile attempts for years to uncomplicate my life. And me finally coming to the terms to say, 
what will actually uncomplicate my life mm-hmm. and reminding being reminded of Colossians 1 17 and 18 that talks about the fact of preeminence which is really first place and that is the priority order that God created that he is over all things and in all things and in him all things hold together and Trisha, I need him to hold me together and I need him to be over all things because that's the way he set it up to work. And that's the way life will work. And so Jesus over everything is not me saying, Hey, I got this. This is how I live. Um, it's me saying, this is the banner that I want over my life. This is the, the, this is the mic drop, the, the bottom line that I want over all of my decisions over all of the way that I live, because if I keep this in mind and I know that this is what I'm actually living for, then I, then my decisions flow from that place. And the the book is really kind of like, okay, well, what does that look like in daily life and how can mm-hmm. we live that? And so I hope that I've practically done that for the reader. And that's what I've really certainly attempted to do. Yeah, and I think really just coming down to it, it's it's looking at the things that aren't working for us. Right. <laughs> and, yeah. and saying, okay, we're we're striving for these things. They aren't working and then being still um I think it was in chapter 4 you were talking about different questions we could ask. Um yes. just dealing with holiness, which I want to get to those, but it is like it's pausing and saying okay, this isn't working and why isn't it working and pausing yes. to listen for the answer. And I think so many times like we know like, well, it's not really that bad or, you know, yes. this, but, but Jesus has so much more for us. And so I want to talk about, you talked about a shopping fast at the beginning of the book. Why mm-hmm. don't you explain that a little bit and um, what, what Jesus was whispering to you? Yeah, I did. I took a, a one year shopping fast, Trisha, and boy, was that hard. Uh, it really was. Um, and, and also, as you know, since you've read the, the book, it wasn't like I was like, oh, I'm going to be so spiritual. I'm going to do this shopping fast. No, I was actually embarrassed into it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I I do believe that sometimes, uh, sometimes a bad reason to start something is a reason to start enough. I really do. I believe. I'm so thankful that the Lord is not snobby about our very meager starts to things and that he accepts them and that he says, I can still work with you. I can still work with that because in my heart, I, I did want to put Jesus over even my stupid shopping, my stupid shopping, which I knew nagging inside of me. I knew that it that it might be becoming, it might be coming between the Lord and I. I think we innately know the things that are coming between us. I think there's this nagging thing there. And certainly if we don't know, if we ask the Lord, he, he'll show us. Uh, so don't, you know, don't ask him unless you really want to know. I, what had happened in my life was this, what I call a substitute savior of a debit card was sort of performing momentary, um, you know, uh, momentary rescue operations for me when I was feeling, I don't know, you know, less than or, you know, needy or whatever the case was. And I was settling for shopping. And I just got to the point, Trisha, where I was like, I don't want something as stupid as my getting new clothes to come between the Lord and I, like my whole life, I've wanted to be closer to him. And if something as dumb as clothes is coming between us, boy, that would be really dumb. Mm-hmm. 
Like it just would be. And I don't know for sure if my shopping is coming between us, but I sure there's only one way to really find out. And the only way to really find out is to fast from it and to see if things change. And so that's what happened. And really, um, I didn't go into it actually thinking I was going to do it for a year. I was going to do it for a whole lot less time. And after we went through a period of about a month doing it, the Lord said, you're not done. And we ended up doing it for a year. And it really profoundly changed me and not just changed my habits of shopping, certainly did that. But like we can do behavior modification all day long. It doesn't really right. change anything in your heart. What is it good? What good is it? So it changed a lot of things inside my soul to really look and go, what are you doing when you actually swipe your debit card? Like what is actually happening inside of you to make you go to that rather than go to God? And it was a real moment for me to learn and grow. Yeah. And, I, and so much of that stuff does go to the deeper issue. And I think once, you know, once we feel God calling to something, we're like, oh, yeah, this will make me better. But then he just keeps going deeper yeah. and deeper and pu- pulling out the heart issue of it. And I know when we started the grumble for a year, it was like, I'm just so tired of my kids grumbling all the time. We need we need some ways to respond better. And, mm. you know, when I started digging deeper, it was my heart. It was yeah. me not being satisfied by what we had. I, you know, maybe I wasn't grumbling outwardly as much as my kids, but inwardly, I'm like, God, oh, I was complaining all the time. And it was because I was looking at things to satisfy me instead of God. I wasn't being thankful or being grateful. I was grumbling about just stupid stuff in the life was, you know, putting up this barrier. And yeah. once we take the time to really pause and we're like, okay, I'll do this for you, God. And then later when it's, digging and digging, we're realizing, okay, there is so much more to this than I ever thought. And how gracious of God to like do that for us because yes. he wants that relationship. And I think like two things that you're saying, even just the pause, I think we don't stop and 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 give ourselves time to even detox from anything. That's the point. Like we just keep scrolling or we just keep watching the next show and binging or we just keep shopping or whatever it is. We don't even allow ourselves time to get rid of something and to really make ourselves better and make our lives less complicated. We just keep at the pace. And I hope maybe this will help someone pause and take a, take a, just a a real quick look and just see if it just, just, Mm -hmm. just humor yourself. See if that may be it. The other thing is, I think it's important to even just give language to some of the things that are happening. And I hope that the book does that because that's, that's really one of my goals in this. It's, it's, it's just to give language to some things that maybe people haven't thought about before. And now we'll be able to go, Oh, I, I know what's happening now. I'm actually overanalyzing this or because I talk in the first chapter about the land of the deadly overs, as you know, and talk about some of the over behaviors that mm-hmm. we do. Like, oh, I'm actually over explaining this right now. And it, it's sometimes we just need someone to help give language to some of the things that we're doing that aren't working for us that are overcomplicating our life. And that is really important for all of yeah. us to do. Yeah. You said you talk about there are three things that make our lives not work in the long term. Too many options, getting away with something, 
that's not good for us and trying to handle everything ourselves. And I, I really loved the too many options thing, which is uh, you pull out these three points, mental confusion, second guessing and dissatisfaction. Mm. Um, I'm like, <laughs> this is a whole sermon preaching to me right now because, you know, my grandma was born in 1929. She still lives with me now. They lived in a box car in Northern California that her dad had turned into a house. Um, you know, they had just cold water running into the house like her options for for the options for food were tortillas and beans like yeah. that was their yeah. option yeah. when it got dark they went to bed um they didn't have a tv it wasn't years later till they had a radio um you know and so even though we think wow you know that was during the great depression things are really hard but i think we things are hard for us because we have too many options oh. i don't go to bed till 11 because i have emails to answer and Facebook and shows to watch. And we just are filling our lives with stuff. And God is like, hello, I'm right here. This isn't working for you because yes. you're missing out on me. It's so true. And I'm, you know, I mean, just everybody just think about your own life. This is not hard stuff. Mm -hmm. Think about going to a restaurant and you open a menu. And if you go to a restaurant that has like 80 options or, you know, a hundred, you know, we've all been to that restaurant that has like this endless menu and you go, Oh my word. And we get so overwhelmed and we're like this, I wish they had, you know, I appreciate all the choices, but like, it's made me actually crazy because I want this one and I want this and that, Oh, this sounds good. And this sounds good. And in society, the demand as the consumer to the, you know, to the, to the businesses and all this has been, give me more options. Right. But in the end, it has not satisfied us. Right. It has made us more confused, more conflicted, less satisfied. We have demanded more and more and more. So just look at what's happening. Just look at your own life and say, have more options made me happier? I think not, you know, and that's the reality of it. Yeah, absolutely. And I want to jump over to holiness over freedom, because it seems like I've been, I have I have 14 daughters right now. I'm not the number 14, but 14 daughters, mm. and then I have little ones, and I have adult ones. Um, but with these teenagers in the house, um, it's always like, I know you want freedom, but in the end, it's going to give you less freedom, like the things that you really want. Um, you know, one of our daughters just had a baby this last year on unplanned pregnancy, and we're so thankful for the gift of life. But, you know, now she's um, doing college from home, and she's, you know, with a baby all day. I mean, the things that we think we want, that we want the freedom, actually end up bringing less freedom. Yeah. Um, and so I think you know, this whole thing is that God wants our holiness, not so he can restrict us, but he has so much more for us. And I know um, that you were really sharing that in the book. Mm. Such a heart cry for me because this is something that the Lord has just really opened my eyes about. And honestly, Trisha, I didn't want necessarily to write some of the things in this chapter. I wrestled over them. I talked to God about them. I said, please don't let me share. Don't let me have to share about this. This is mm. going to be, people aren't going to like this. They're going to assume things are going to pigeonhole me. They're going to judge whatever the case may be. And it was clear. And, and in fact, this chapter originally wasn't in the book and it went in the book last. But oh, really? It, yes. But it was so important and it has become such an important chapter. Um, for so many people, because it is something that we need to understand that I know that the, that the enemy, that Satan doesn't want us to, uh, doesn't want us to see, 
because mm-hmm. real listen if 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 Satan can keep a whole lot of us trapped in our and enslaved by our own freedoms wow i mean that's amazing because that means kingdom work doesn't get done that means we don't use our gifts that means we stay in fear that means we stay um really really restricted and you know if if we were presented with things that we knew on the forefront, like if we knew these things are going to actually put us in chains, we wouldn't run to them. Like if, right. if we knew they were going to have shackles on them, we'd be like, oh, I'm not going to pick that. I don't want to have shackles on. So what is presented to us are things that seem extremely uh, freeing and wonderful and abundant and they mask and mimic the true freedom that only the way of Jesus can bring, the Jesus over everything lifestyle can bring. So we run to them and we think, well, look, I can do what I want. This is amazing. I, you know, I have the freedom to do this. And that, boy, our culture preaches it all the time. So it's like, I have the freedom to do this. So I'm going to do it and I'm going to enjoy it. And it's going to be amazing. And, you know, there are people, some of us that have really come from a place of legalism. And so mm-hmm. we, we have swung the pendulum the other way and said, I don't want to be legalistic. And it might even be that really pure heart that doesn't want to be legalistic. And so we've then bought into this really opposite lifestyle of like, I'm so free in the spirit, I can do whatever I want. And it's like, how about this? I'm so free in the spirit. I turn some of my freedoms down because I know in the end they will actually enslave me. And that's what really the chapter is all about is I love the body of Christ so much. I don't want us to fall for the tricks of the enemy that that leads us into actual enslavement and some of our freedoms that we enjoy that actually, yes, even for a time might feel harmless and might even be harmless for a time, but over time and over our overindulgence of them, they will entrap us and enslave us and we will actually become not free. And so holiness, the way of choosing that spiritual relinquishment and that consecration um, because of spiritual devotion is actually the way we become the most free people on the planet. I'm going to tell you this, like I've never been more free in my entire life. And yet I feel very, very bound by my convictions, Mm -hmm. but it's a, but it's a beautiful binding and I'm the most free will, stubborn, wild animal person you've ever known in your entire life, Trisha. Like I am not um, easily bound by anything you can ask my husband. He would say a very large amen to that. So (laughs) uh, this is not coming from someone who my will dies easily. No, it it dies very hard. But I I, I just will tell you that like I've practiced this with the Lord and it works. It really, truly does. Yeah. And really, I mean, we could always make all the rules in each group or church or small group or friend. I mean, there's rules of what to drink, what to eat. We don't do this. We don't do that. I mean, there's lots of rules. And you talk about holiness isn't about rules. And you mentioned it's about spiritual relinquishment. And it reminded me so much when we first um, got our sibling group of four girls from foster care. Um, they had been in a children's home and all the food had been locked up. Um, so they only, you know, they got fed snacks at a certain time and breakfast, lunch, and dinner, but they had no access. Well, the first night they stayed at our house, I came down, I woke up and came into the kitchen and two of them were sitting on the counter and they'd eaten through a whole like 12, um, snack pack of mini chip bags because they had access (laughs) to it and they'd never had access before. And so, you know, 
you know, for a long time, I mean, they were, you know, 11, 12 and 13. So for a long time, I'd, they'd have to ask permission if they want stuff and you could have three cookies or whatever. And so after a while, the older they got, they said, how many cookies can I have? And I'd say, well, how many do you think you really need? Well, can I eat all of them? I'm like, do you really need to eat a whole package of Oreos? No. And I said, you know, I'm not always going to be here. Like, I'm not going to follow you to college or your first job or whatever and say, you can only eat two of this or do this. I'm like, you have to start, um, you know, making choices for yourself. And I mean, if the Bible was just a list of rules, well, I think so many people think it's it's a list of rules. Um, that just gets so like, oh, was it two cookies or three cookies? Or was it this yeah. or that? But really yeah. is like, what is good for me? And I think that's what the spiritual relinquishment is. It's like, Jesus wants to tell you what's good for you. Oh. And but he wants you to have discernment over that and not just, you know, because it's a relationship. It's not, not just about following the rules. And so that that made me think of that when I was hearing you talk about that spiritual relinquishment. Yeah, that's such a good example. And I, you know, here's, here's what I would say, you know, it's, it's like, if this feels hard, if holiness feels hard, cause that word is, is big. And that word is, it, it does feel um, like a responsibility. It, it does. I think what I would say to the listener is, you know, it is a daily walk with the Lord and a desire to emulate his character. And that goes a long way when the heart is engaged in that desire and process. And, you know, it's kind of like starting a shopping fast for a really bad reason, like being embarrassed into it. Hello. But, <laughs> but along the way, like things break off of you. And so that with holiness, I, I kind of suggest the same thing. It's like, if you just have a desire to be holy and you just really want that kind of a clean living lifestyle where um, your life is far less complicated, because look, if any of us have gotten entangled in our own freedoms, we know that it is a heavily complicated life. Like it does then create a complication here and this and that and things then we have to maneuver and work our way out of it all, whatever the case may be and ramifications for years and years and years, all of these things. You know, if we really want a less complicated life, then I would say, say, you know, don't try to figure out exactly what holiness is going to look like and how to do it. And, and, you know, here's three steps and whatever. I mean, yes, I do give some practical things in chapter four that I hope really help. But what I would say is just every day say, God, I desire to be holy. Help me to be holy today and help me to walk in that and, and look at my life as holiness first, and then freedoms as a result of that. And I just believe over time, what happens is our appetite changes. Mm -hmm. And it really truly does. Like we just have an appetite for a different lifestyle. And that is something that we can practice every day that we watch ourselves change. And that is a beautiful process. Yeah, that is so good. You have um, three questions that we can ask Jesus um, to, it says each of us make, must make daily choices for holiness. And you put these three questions and I just put Jesus in the front of in each of them. Cause I think that's so important to like Jesus, like to know that we are asking him and then just sit quietly before him. I think that we don't do that enough. Um, but you have Jesus, what freedoms am I enjoying more than your word? 
when I read that, that like, <laughs> I'm like, oh my goodness. Uh, I think yeah. I'm, I'm pretty sure almost every day I spend more time watching dumb little Facebook videos than <laughs> I spend reading God's word. Even if I spend, you know, 30 minutes a day um, in my, my quiet time and that, I mean, all through the day, I'm like watching a little stupid video or this or that. It's like, okay, that is something that I could totally cut out and spend more time like listening to the Bible app or I don't know. That's just my, that's my conviction has got me right there, Lisa. Well, listen, it convicts me too, by the way. Why do you think I write these things? It's (laughs) not like I'm writing them for you. I'm actually writing them for me because I I am very convicted, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So yeah, the first one, Jesus, what freedoms am I enjoying more than your word? Jesus, what is distracting me from living all with you? And Jesus, what am I resisting and resisting letting go of? I'm like, I'm pretty sure I'm, I am, I'm going to put these on a sticky note and just stick them on my bathroom mirror because those three questions are so powerful. Um, And that's why I'm like, okay, yeah, there's a lot of good stuff in this book, but we just need to talk about this freedom chapter Mm because that's where I'm at right now. Yeah. You know, those questions are daily questions for me, um, except the days that I don't really want to ask them sometimes. (laughs) I'm like, not going to ask those today. Um, You know, look, here's the thing. Let's just common sense this. We, we know the things that are coming between us and the Lord for the most part. I Mm -hmm. I even suggest in these questions, don't ask yourself, (laughs) ask Jesus, because sometimes we can placate ourselves. We can lie to ourselves. We can pretend we can whatever. But when we ask Jesus these questions, if we really, truly want to know, if we really, truly desire to have our life work better, and that's the point, like, do you really want your life to work better? Do you really want it to be less complicated? Well, I'm going to help you know how to do that. And you have to then be willing to ask some of the hard questions. And these are those. It is the way that that life will work. And I do believe that, um, you know, we're not going to, we're still not going to do it perfectly, but these give us great insight into the things that need to go. And that's the point is like, how we know what needs to go and how we know what things are maybe not as big of a deal for us. Maybe things that aren't deal breakers, maybe something that something for someone else is a big deal that isn't a big deal for us. And that that's how we know is we really do this sort of evaluation um, and work backwards and look at what we need to look at. Yeah. You say in the upside down kingdom of following Jesus, we choose to be holy over free and Jesus rewards us by providing more freedom. So when we do that, like what type of freedoms do we have when we're willing to kind of sacrifice those things that we think really are freedoms? Well, I think the freedom of the spirit in in the sense of like your spirit feeling free in the way you carry yourself throughout life. Like mm-hmm. I feel like we are so burdened. All of us carry such heavy loads. Look, I mean, life is hard. This is an imperfect life. John 16, 33, in this world, there will be trouble. That's not an if statement. That's a win statement. Like we're going to have trouble, Trisha. We all know this. We don't live our best life yet. That's the one in heaven. This is the stopover. So there's not going to be a trouble-free life. There's not going to be a perfect life. But what I do believe is our life can be less complicated. 
I believe that we have a lot to do with that and the choices that we make every day. I believe that we further complicate and further burden our own lives. I believe that with everything within me because I believe according to the word that if he promises things like the fruit of the spirit, you know, love, joy, peace, patience, all these things, like he's not going to promise us things. He's not going to promise us uh, peace. He's not going to promise us the things that he promises us in the word, the benefits, according to Psalm 103, there are benefits of following the Lord, Psalm 104 as well. It's not going to promise us that if those things aren't possible, like he just doesn't do that. So I do believe there's a measure on earth of freedom and, um, you know, uh, of of peace and of joy and all these things that we can have, even though we live a life that's not trouble free. I believe it with all my heart. And so as humans, we get ourselves in messes. We complicate our lives. So the freedoms that we gain by living holy are the freedom of living a life of less complication, Mm -hmm. the freedom of being less troubled and less burdensome and less encumbered by these things that we have chosen that have yet enslaved us. And so it, what it does is it frees us up to do what God has called us to do and to be who God has called us to be. It is so incredible what might happen with so many of us who God has given us gifts, who, by the way, that's all of us. God has gifted all of us in one way or another. And if we've come to know Jesus, we know that he's given us spiritual gifts by which to use. And here's the, here's the thing. If we are still breathing and listening to this podcast, then we know that's the clue that we're not done. So the way we know that we're done is we, we will be done here on earth. Like that's how we, that's our clue. We're, we're done <laughs> until then we're not done. So, yeah. if, so if we're not done, and everyone listening's not done, then there are things that God wants us to do and he wants to use our life. And if that's the case, then, oh, how how uh, painful it is and how much of a shame it is for us to be encumbered by things that don't let us live the potential of the life that God has for us. And so the freedom comes from being not tangled in by the things that we have complicated our life with. And I think that's an amazing freedom personally. Yeah. Oh, so good. And I love that. I think you just concluding what we were talking about, we really have to sit before Jesus personally. And he says, you know what? Just let go with this. I mean, for a while yours was shopping for me this year, it has been sugar because Mm -hmm. I was just like, that's my high. I'm feeling depressed. Let me go eat something sweet. I'm feeling happy. Let me celebrate with something sweet. And uh, yesterday we went to the, I took the kids on a homeschool field trip to a ballet and I took them to a buffet afterwards, which used to be my favorite place because all the yummy desserts, you could have a bite of all these different things. And since I'm not on sugar, it wasn't even appealing to me Mm -hmm. anymore. You know, I've lost some weight. I feel better. Um, It was like, I don't need that. But for years, I thought I did. And, you know, nowhere in the Bible, it says cut out sugar. (laughs) Exactly. But when I sat down, it's like, really, you know, you don't need it. And I'm like, okay, Jesus, you know, it it was hard at first. But now I realize I don't need it. And whatever we're turning to, whether it's, uh, um, you know, shopping or food. I I, I was joking with my kids yesterday. I saw a meme on Facebook that said, I thought I was a Pinterest mom and and instead I figured out I'm an Amazon Prime mom. (laughs) 
And I'm like, okay, Okay, wait, that one hurts. (laughs) I I was like, that's really funny. But then now I'm reading Lisa's book at the same time. And (laughs) like, it's kind of convicting because I want this book and I want that book. And I play a board game and want the expansion pack and it'll be here in two days. You know, I mean, those are kind of my things. I got the books and the board games and whatever. Should I confess to you? Should I confess to you that Prime has been at my house already today? Oh, my word. That just. Uh, Me too. Me too. The door. Bell rang right before we started recording. I'm like, I hope it doesn't come again today. <laughs> uh, the funniest though, it was I it was like a couple months ago. I couldn't sleep. I was praying for one of my kids, you know, just that troubled spirit. And I was hungry in the middle of the night, probably because I just stopped eating sugar. Um, and I was looking at recipes and I ordered all the stuff to buy pad thai on mm. Amazon Prime oh. in the middle of the night. It was like 3 a.m. And like two days later, my husband opens the box and he's like, why do you have fish sauce and rice noodles? <laughs> and I'm like, because I was hungry at 3 a.m. And oh, I ordered it. Like, I mean, it's just, some of that stuff is just ridiculous. I mean, we could laugh about it, but I'm like, okay. You know, we laugh about it because it's so real. This is yeah. so real. And here's the thing. And what I love is that we're talking about this because here's the deal. We are all in process. Mm-hmm. Like we are not done. I still struggle with shopping sometimes. I do. I have I have myself in recovery for the rest of my life. That's the way I look at it. Now, people can think that's a strong language, whatever, and I am not in any way diminishing someone who has been addicted to drugs or an alcoholic or whatever. For me, I still feel like I'm in recovery from needing to shop and that be my high and fill us. I mean, listen, I've found that behaviors like that can lead to other indulgent behaviors. Right. It's, it's just the mindset that you're in. And so for me, I still live with parameters. After I finished my shopping fast, I definitely created like accountability for myself in this area that I still, Trisha, that shopping fast was, I don't know, maybe six, seven years ago. I still live with the same parameters then that I did now. And even the Lord told me about six months ago, eight months ago, when I was doing edits on the book, you need to do another shopping fast because I can feel myself getting looser Mm -hmm. with some of the rules. And so it's not that we never need tweaks. It's not that we never need to change it. It's not that I never am going to struggle with this again. We are in process. We're not, we're not full and whole till we get to heaven. And so I don't care if you're a Bible teacher. I don't care if you are a pastor. I don't care if you're a homeschool mom. I don't care who you are listening. This is a process and if if it were if if it were about perfection, we'd be in trouble. It's not about perfection, and the book is not about perfection. But the book is about let's start, let's just get in there, and let's say, God, I want to do what works. You've set it up this way. I believe that, and so. These eight statements of choice that you read are things that we do, Trisha, every day. Like these are choices that we make every day. And I just want us to to compel us. I want to invite us to make the Jesus over everything choice so that we can really live this lifestyle of priority order that then we watch a thousand other problems in our life be solved. Yeah. And really the Jesus over everything is him whispering, I have so much more for you. I have so much more from you than what you're satisfying yourself with. Um, I was thinking of a verse because I always like to have a walk it out verse to go with it. And I came yeah. up with um, Psalm 3410, even strong young lions sometimes go hungry, but those who trust in the Lord will lack no good thing. And mm. he's saying, daughter or son or whoever's listening, just trust in me. You will lack no good thing. I know we see the good things as the, the sweets and the clothes and the Amazon Prime. But he's like, I have so much more for you. 
Mm. That is such a good word. I, I then you know that reminds me of something that I write in chapter seven, which is a chapter called "Honesty Over Hiding." One of the most I think difficult uh, chapters for me to write. One of the probably the most important one of, I hope the most game changing, but I I write in there a a part that says that's not really who you are. Mm -hmm. And what I really wanted to say in that chapter and what I really hope that gets across to people is I'm not excusing maybe the behaviors that, that, that have, we have chosen and maybe, you know, we've become the person who's having an affair or the person who is, you know, addicted to prescription meds or the one who's lying and keeping secrets because of this or that. But what I want to do is is give hope to the person listening and saying, you know, it's not really who you are because it's not who God created you to be. And if you are choosing to live in a way that is not fully free, fully honest, fully in line with his word, it's actually not really who you are, which should give you a ton of hope because it means you can become so much more because there's nothing in the word that tells me that who you are today is who you always have to be. And also as a reminder, if you're listening, you're not done because we get the signal when we're done and that means we're no longer here on earth. And so I just, I think that's a great promise of hope is God has so much more for you. It's not really who you are. And if you're not satisfied with your spiritual life today, boy, it can be so much richer. And if your life feels complicated, boy, it can be so much less complicated, not perfect, not trouble-free, but less complicated. And I think that's really what we crave is a, a simpler, less complicated life. It's why we streamline our closets and Marie Kondo it and throw out the things that don't bring us joy. It's our attempt to make our life less complicated. I'm just suggesting that like, that's going to be temporary. If you clean out your closet, like you're going to feel much better about it for about five days. You're going to go in your closet and you're going to keep looking at how good it looks and all those things. But ultimately, if you don't do the real heart cleaning, like eventually your life's going to just feel complicated again. Yeah. This quote goes perfectly. You say, um, we spend more time figuring out how to hide our truth than we do on how to heal it. Yes. And oh, so many layers in my life. I could look back. I mean, even after I had my abortion at 15 for years, I mean, until I was 25, I'm like, I hit it. I didn't tell anyone. Um, my mom knew John after we got married knew and you know, my old boyfriend knew, but it's like, I was so worried about people finding out that I wasn't opening it up to be healed. And once I found healing, then I wanted to provide healing and I didn't feel I had to hide. I mean, so many layers that Mm. that each of us go through on trying to hide instead of turning to God for healing. And and that's what Jesus wants. That's freedom. That's um, being honest. and, And he wants to bring that healing in our life. Mm. And you know, as I do, as anybody does, who has lived apart from the full truth, Mm -hmm. who's lived a life that wasn't fully honest and then turned and chosen to live a life that was honest, you know the difference of lying your head on the pillow at night and knowing like, I don't have that secret that's making me sick anymore. I don't have to turn, look over my shoulder and think, who's going to out me? Who's going to find this out? How can I spin this? What lie is going to catch up with me? Like that is no way to live. That is the most complicated, um, you know, frenzied life that you could ever live. And so the life, it might feel better in a moment to hide, but I'm suggesting that the real life you want is the life of honesty. And it is the most beautiful life we'll ever know. It really is. 
I love it. Lisa, we could talk all day. Like, oh, we could just, I wish we I'm could. Like, and then in this chapter, we could talk about I know. This. But I really encourage people to p- pick up um, Jesus over everything. And I know there's lots of resources that you have on your website that they can um, just get be further encouraged. And um, do you want to share where that address is? Yeah, it's just lisawittle.com, Soup to Nuts, everything's on there, all about the book, the Bible study, which is a six-week session Bible study that I'm also poured all my heart into that I'd love for groups to get and do. Mm. It's uh, it's actually extra material, Trisha, that's, um, you know, it's the same heart, same theme, same topics, but it's uh, a lot of extra stuff that goes into a Bible study. So I that's been real important to me, but thank you for having me on. This has been my great, great joy. You're such an amazing woman and I love you. Oh, I love you too. Thank you for encouraging me with your words, with your life. Um, thank you, friend. Mm, thanks so much. Well, you already heard me mention what the walk it out verse is today. Even strong young lions sometimes go hungry, but those who trust in the Lord will lack no good thing. And that is Psalm 3410. And I think that last part really sums up so much of our heart. We think we are lacking, and so we keep looking around. We're trying to find satisfaction. We're pleasing ourselves and easing ourselves with the things of this world. And instead, Jesus is right there saying, Daughter, I have so much more for you. And I love that in her book, Jesus Over Everything, Lisa's heart and passion really comes through on, you know, we are satisfied far too easily when Jesus has so much more. And that's really what I want to pray for each of us today, that we will stop trying to fill those holes that only Jesus can fill with the things of this world, that we will want Jesus over everything, that we will pause and listen and ask him to show us, Lord, where am I turning to things instead of you for my satisfaction? But let me just pray for all of us today. Lord, I am so thankful for Lisa and her ministry. Continue to be with her and to bless her, Lord. And Lord, thank you for this message of Jesus over everything. I know I was blessed. I was convicted, which means it's a good book when a good message, when someone's words can convict us and look closer at our own lives after reading them. Um, Lord, I thank you so much that you don't leave us to ourselves, to our Um, own ways, but that stirring inside is your spirit saying, come back to me. I have so much more for you. I pray during this week that each of us will just take the time to pause and sit before God, to um, put down Facebook, close Instagram, um, turn off the television and just say, God, what, what do you want to speak to my heart about? What things am I turning to instead of you? Or I really love that question. Um, Jesus, what freedom am I enjoying more than your word? I pray, Lord, that you will just give us a hunger and a desire for your word like we never had before. Um, In your precious name, amen. Well, friend, I am so thankful that you are here, that you are listening, um, that you are um, supporting my friend Lisa. Again, the book is Jesus Over Everything. And also, it made me think it during our conversation when Lisa talked about A Simpler Life, one of my books that I wrote, um, the one-year book of Amish peace. Now, you might be laughing like, Trisha, I definitely don't like the Amish. I wasn't like in one of those people that wanted to live the Amish life, but I have discovered Um, As I worked on this book, One Year Book of Amish Peace, which, yes, is 365 devotions, that, you know, some of the the simpler lifestyle, um, you know, growing your own 
food, not having electronics on all the time. Those are good habits for all of us. Not that I'm going to have a garden this year, but I'm going to take time. Enjoy nature. Turn off electronics more and more. Sit down with my kids and read stories together without being distracted by the things of this world. All those simple things really do often turns our our hearts to God because we have more quiet. We have more time to listen. Now, if you know someone who just will be encouraged by that, again, you can check out um, the one-year book of Amish Peace. I'll have the link to that book and to Lisa's book on the show notes. And you can find everything always at walkitoutpodcast.com. But thank you so much for being here today, for encouraging me uh, by listening. And I pray that you may find encouragement and share this with a friend. Thanks for listening to Walk It Out. Head over to the show notes for this podcast and all past episodes at www.walkitoutpodcast.com. If you love the show, share it with someone you know who can make a radical difference in the world. We love new friends. See you next time.